everybody welcome to two loose screws where two loose screws jay and cheyenne are dismantling mental health stigma one episode at a time before we get started i want everybody to know that all episodes of two loose screws are for educational purpose only and are not to be a replacement for any therapeutic relationships or individual mental or medical care How's your day? How's your Thursday? But I wore my sparkly boots today, so it is perfect. And I got a whole 15 minutes this morning without any children uh, bothering me. It was glorious. Mm, That sounds lovely. And the glitter boots sound juicy as always. Yeah. How was your Thursday? My Thursday's pretty good. I was late to our recording because at the very last minute I decided I wanted to put my Christmas shirt on and I was like I know nobody can see my Christmas shirt but I think if I wear it I'll be like channeling some holiday energy for our episode today I love that um so these Christmas shirts are so cute. Um, Morgan and I made them together for our Christmas party and they're red and they have gold sparkly Christmas trees on them. So there are, is a little glitter over here as well. Wait, so how'd you make them? Oh, we used a cricket. Oh, that's so fancy. Oh yeah. Morgan is a cricket wizard. I'm like oh. a novice level cricket person, but Morgan is like really good at it make some fuck the shoulds merch yeah i bet she could <laughs> morgan we need you <laughs> morgan, i love that make us some juicy merch thank you juicy merch okay thanks <laughs> oh goodness well i'm excited to talk um with you today about the holiday season and how that relates to mental health But before we get into that, speaking of fuck the shoulds, um, you have some really exciting stuff going on right now that is part of the reason why we took a little break from this podcast. So I would love you to tell everyone about all the amazing stuff you're working on. So because I have just like the inability to do one thing at once, (laughs) Why not try and launch not one businesses at the same time, right? (laughs) Because, oh my, but really excited. I think um, I know that I am not only extremely passionate about just educating other people on mental health and just making it accessible, also. Um, I'm just really, really excited. I think that this um, challenge that I'm going to be kicking off in January for free, where I'll be, you know, just sharing mental health information and, and just education pieces. Um, It's like one of the cornerstones that I use with my clients, um, that I work with individually of like being able to figure out what it is that you want versus the noise outside that's telling you that you should do this or you're a bad person if you don't do this or you should keep your house perfect or whatever the fuck it is right Mm -hmm. and how that negatively impacts us every single day like it's just awful um and I've seen such wonderful people once they realize that those expectations like 
people and these like thinking patterns or, or distortions, you know, cause can lead to anxiety, depression, all of these other things. So I'm really excited to be able to share that. Um, and it's free. So I know that's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to tap into all of your incredible, you know, knowledge and resources and everything for free. Like that's amazing. Yeah. And, um, for you, you are officially conditionally licensed. Yes. Thank goodness. We made it. You made it. You took the test and you're killing it. Test yet because I scheduled the test on a that I thought it was on a different day, but you know what? That's very like me. So now I'll have to pay another 300 fucking bucks for a new test. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I wanted to tell you also um, about you and the shoulds. Whenever my, whenever I'm in a session and one of my clients brings up a should, I point it out and I say to them, I call you my therapy best friend. And so a lot of my clients that have been with me, like I've mentioned your name before. Um, so they'll be like, oh yeah, Jay. I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, and I'll tell them, I'll be like, you know, in Jay's sessions, her clients know that should is a swear. You do yep. not say should in sessions with Jay. And, and they like think that is so funny. Like they always <laughs> laugh and- um I instantly almost like roll my eyes at people so they like (laughs) automatically like correct themselves yes and you know it it um that just like my response or me highlighting now cause Pete like it leads to that reframe um and sometimes I have to intentionally reframe it myself because it's so easy to get caught up in like, I should have done this or um, things as just like, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And two, same time, you, you know, you could be, can be happy and overwhelmed or, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you can um, know that something is a great opportunity for you. Now in your life, it doesn't fit. It's not that you're good or bad. It's that is the reality of things, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love how you just mentioned that you roll your eyes at your clients. Because I literally remember in like, I remember in school, you getting feedback being like, you need to get your facial expressions under control. You can't be having, you know, all these hand <laughs> movements. And I remember us being like, yeah, okay, that's never going to happen. And literally so never. the fact that like, now your clients are benefiting from it. Like they benefit from your body language. Like, I feel like that's such a testament to the idea that like everybody needs to find a therapist who fits their needs the best. For and, like, sure. There are, there are people out there who, who like are literally learning how to reframe their cognitive distortions because of your body language. Like that's just mm-hmm. so, I think that's so cool. So, yeah. And, it, and you know, that. it's so funny. It's funny that you point that out because it's so true, right? Like in school, we're taught like, Oh, you got to fit in this box and be this type of therapy. I refuse to go in this box. I'm going to wear shoes. And I'm going to sit crisscross applesauce in my chair and I'm going to play with Play-Doh while people talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely <laughs> like no absolutely. exactly I love that so where should we get started so I think it would be really awesome for us to start out just by briefly touching on um like what about the holidays can be stressful or triggering mm. for people because I know for myself like I was privileged enough to have a childhood with really super positive memories and happy feelings associated with, you know, Christmas break and, you know, my family celebrates Christmas. So, um, you know, the whole Christmas season was very positive for me. And I remember 
when I got my first job teaching in a school, hearing some of my students say that they weren't looking forward to winter break because they don't feel safe or happy at home. Like that was shocking to me because it like shattered my worldview of my own perspective. So I think it would be helpful to touch on that just in case there are other listeners that maybe had a similar experience growing up to me where they did have a really positive association with the holidays and maybe don't understand or could use to look at the other perspective and kind of see how that could be different for maybe their friends or their family or someone in their life that they love. Yeah. Yeah. I think, God, I, hold on. I have to like process like everything you just said because it's so true, right? Like we, society as a whole, we have perception that like during the holiday season, people should, it it ties into that, like should be happy. It it should Mm be, it should, like you should go see Santa and you should move the fucking elf. Well, I have my words about that, but not right now. Um, <laughs> all of these expectations where in reality, that's not fact for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and how debilitating and I, I think alienating, there you go, that can be um, when you know, I, I think the biggest word that comes to, to mind that I've seen as a as a trend in my therapy room is is grief. Yeah. How hard that is. And 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 grief, like I, I'm not only talking about like grief as a as a loss of a person, but like grieving a relationship that had to end or mm-hmm. grieving a friendship. For, for our family, you know, as a military family, we have to adjust our expectations a lot of times. Like last year, mm-hmm. right? Last year, Aaron wasn't home. And the kids' perception of what Christmas was to that time is a lot different than to what it actually was after that. And I mean, we, I, I have three children to Puerto Rico just to make sure that, like, with people that I loved and and it just I think it can trigger a lot of emotions for people that they have been pushing that like all of this year people have been kind of working through working through possibly like even substance use right like this is a super time for people um, who are recovering um, that when it comes to the holidays, I want to say like that there's fear attached to it, right? Yeah. Like it's coming, like, how am I going to handle this? Am I capable of handling this? What if it puts me back in a place where I work so hard to dig myself out of? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's so true. And I think, that like the idea of grief can also like I think sometimes we limit ourselves to thinking it has to be associated with a person or um and and I think that's not true Uh -uh. like I know a lot of times some of the sadness and and grief that comes with the holiday season is the fact that families change. And sometimes, you know, um, things happen during the year and, you know, people grow apart. And I think sometimes there can be that sense of grief over like, lost traditions that used to bring a lot of joy or, you know, even like in my own family, there are people that I used to see every year for Christmas that I don't see anymore. Mm. And, you know, they're still around physically, but they're just not a part of my life in the way they used to be. And because of that, I think that can bring on a sense of grief as well. 
um, the loss of traditions or even like nostalgia, like sometimes, you know, wishing that the Christmas of childhood past could be as magical now in the present, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's um, so important to when that comes up, um, and this can be super scary for people, but towards it rather than yeah. running away from it, right? Like we both, so with that, like ride the emotion wave, right? But in 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 order to be able to ride that wave, you got to acknowledge that. Right, you can't push it. Um, mm-hmm. And to be develop new traditions, right? Mm-hmm. Loss of someone, or if you're if you're grieving the loss of a relationship, like like you just talked about, like several people not being in your life anymore, just out of circumstances and things. Um, yeah. Being able to create right like what what do you mm-hmm. want it to look like what do you need for it to look like in order for it to be aligned with your values yeah absolutely yeah constantly that process of um redirecting your attention to the present mm-hmm. and really you know rather than getting sucked into the um like longing for the past, I guess, is the best way I can put it. Rather mm-hmm. than getting sucked into that, um, really challenging yourself and encouraging yourself to exist in the present and, um, you know, build that life worth living. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the statement of two things can exist at the same time, right? Like you can feel or feel that loss while also acknowledging like, especially if it's because you had to end a relationship feeling sad while also acknowledging like this was what was best for me. So, so with this, um, go into like how, um, perhaps what's a good way to, to like, um, you mentioned sometimes it's difficult for people who have really amazing holiday traditions and and view it as such a happy time um how to support those who are struggling um and in our conversation earlier today I talked to you about how one of the biggest things that I really appreciated about is that I any level of any time in our in our month week whatever it is you know because we literally talk every day but <laughs> if through a hard time we always ask how can I support you this and mm-hmm. that is something that important because it 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 really for me at least when you do it when you ask me that it not only does it show that like I'm here unconditionally, but mm-hmm. also it makes me reflect on okay, how can I communicate what I'm feeling and what to cope it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That idea of um really like to truly be there for somebody you know, it's about like meeting their needs and asking them for what they need from you right now. And I think that um, with a lot of my clients, the way this shows up, and even in like my own life, the way this shows up is like, when we care about somebody so much, and we love them so much, we don't want to see them hurting, or to see them sad. And so when we have a friend come to us who's struggling because we care for them so much, we want to fix it. You know, we want to take their pain away or 
alleviate it in some way. And so a lot of times we go into that fixing mode of suggesting solutions or trying to point out the positive in the situation. And although like the intentions are good, you know, the intentions are to be helpful. The impact is not good because it's received as like really invalidating. Mm-hmm. And um, so the idea of like, maybe you have that urge to fix it and you, you maybe acknowledge that within yourself, but out loud, what you say is, how can I help you? What can mm-hmm. I do for you is how you can validate the person you care about and you can validate their experience and you can be there for them in a way that truly matters. And maybe it's not going to fix it, but probably, honestly, if there was something that could fix it, the person probably would have already done that. Yeah. You know, they just need you to be there for them. Um, I always tell my clients about, do you remember um, when we had, it was when we were in our residency too. Mm-hmm. And we had Dr. Baylog, and she told us about the sitting in the stuck muck and how, like, as therapists, it's our job to – she what she was like, it's your job to crawl in the hole, look around, and say, yep, this is pretty shitty. This yeah. sucks. And I think about that a lot, and I tell that to my clients, like – not only about my role, but also about ways that they can support friends and family and partners is like, sometimes people just need you to sit next to them and say, like, I'm so sorry, this sucks. Right, for sure. And, like, be there, you know? Like, one, nothing gets me more fucking heated than me <laughs> confiding in them and then them saying, well, at least shut up. Mm. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Yes, no. that or or when you get a response and it's all about how they had something happen that was worse than what happened to you. Like if I'm talking, if I'm talking about it, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, when that happened to me, bro, mm-hmm. it's not <laughs> happening to you. It's happening to me, mm-hmm. and your life does not equal become juicy for a second. I, I need to reel it back <laughs> in because, yeah, wow." <laughs> Um, something that I always, um, advise parents of kiddos that I, I can't communicate with a child. I don't know how to help them. What the hell is happening? And all right, well, when your child comes to you and they're trusting you with whatever's going on in their life and, Mm -hmm. and X, Y, and Z, give them three options, right? What do you need from me? Do you? Do you need my advice? Um, or, well, actually, it's four. So, do you need me to listen? Do you um, do you need my advice? Do you need me? Or do you need my opinion? And mm-hmm. that fourth advice and opinion are two different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a good example is right now, Mia's. Um, yucky drama her friends and you know last night about it and and I I did those four things I I asked her and she was like I want your opinion and I was like honestly my opinion is that that little girl's a bitch but um (laughs) (laughs) don't don't say that (laughs) right (laughs) and she was like well what what should I do and I was like for advice now um, and it's always really helpful. It gives, it gives the child autonomy. It gives them power. It gives them, um, a sense of control in, in a, in something that is uncon- as uncontrollable as emotions and mm-hmm. their mental stuff that other people cause sometimes, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it seems like kind of, you know, to, I guess, summarize like what we've been saying so far, if there is someone in your life that is struggling or may be struggling with the holidays, um, you know, the best thing that you can do for them, the best way that you can support them is by 
just being there for them, being validating of their feelings, listening to them. And, you know, even if it's not your experience, even Mm -hmm. if you have only happy, awesome memories of the holiday, um, you know, just empathizing with them and trying to imagine how you would feel if you were in their shoes. Um, That's how they're really going to feel supported. And that's how they're really going to feel loved and cared for. Um, And on the flip side, if you are struggling, um, you know, so far with the holiday season, absolutely, you know, if you do feel lonely or, you know, sad or you're grieving, you know, please reach out to a safe family member or friend um, to talk to your feelings about talk to about your feelings. Mm-hmm. If you have a therapist, that's another, um, you know, really safe space to talk about this. I know that I don't know about you, Jay, but a lot of my sessions usually starting in November, all the way through sometimes mid January are all about the holiday season, the end of the year, the new year coming up. Um reflecting on the past year, getting ready for the next year. So, um, you know, if you are having these feelings, like your therapist should be very like prepared to listen and help you like process through those because it's pretty normal to be feeling this way around this time of year. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which brings us to very nicely to our topic. A lot of um, my like, during this time are there's a high emphasis on boundaries. Mm. Boundaries. We tried to do a whole episode on boundaries. Isn't that the one that wouldn't upload? That's the one that wouldn't upload, and that's the one that we had to do a, a video because I kept going on the phone. I was so overstimulated, I couldn't deal, and then we actually had to use like a platform and then it went to shit and then I got pissed off loaded it so So. (laughs) let us know if you want to hear an episode a whole episode about boundaries let us know and if it matters we can either re-record it or try to no I'm not messing with that I'm not messing with that platform (laughs) okay like no record it If if it matters. So let us know. Send us a send us a message if you want to hear about that. But we're going to give you a little taste right now because everybody who has a family knows that boundaries (laughs) holidays go hand in hand. (laughs) And if you don't have a family, it's maybe because you're really good at setting boundaries and you just quit. You just have really (laughs) rigid boundaries and that's not good either. So you need to listen to the episode also. (laughs) So, oh goodness. So with boundaries, the really, the, you know, the biggest piece um, is be firm, right? Not willy nilly. Like if you, if you send, if you, if you placing a boundary and then violates it and then there's no consequence to that violation then it enables the continual pattern of this person or others, whatever, to, to violate that boundary. It says, I am willing to accept the violation of what word is good for nothing because you don't follow up. So yes, be firm. And obviously being firm sometimes for individuals who struggle with that can bring feelings of pleasers like me Uh uh-huh exactly (laughs) um that can can... (laughs) of guilt right Cheyenne yes I'm the problem (laughs) it's me I think a good exercise um that is like a tangible little nugget that you can use um have people reflect on their goals even like values right I'm mm-hmm. having a lot of clients uh, go through this values I made and, and this and we do it in session but um honing in on like 
what do you want? What do you want your holiday to look like? And how does all of this other noise over here fit into that? Yeah. And, and then through that, that's when you can say, okay, these are the, these are boundaries. But also once you figure out like all of that, look like taking it a, a bit deeper is to go to, I don't know, Susan's house. And oh gosh, not Aunt Susan. you know that Aunt Susan's house, Uncle, Uncle Jerry is going to be there. That sounds like a good name. And Uncle Jerry either always talks about politics always talks about your weight um huh. don't yeah, be like, a jerry everyone he's an asshole um, <laughs> um you can use this skill the dbt dear man skill and we're gonna walk this is this is all you boo all right so um at this point in the process right like you want to start out first by doing exactly what um jay just recommended um which is reflect on your values and decide what your wants and what your needs are. And once you determine what the wants and the needs are, it becomes very clear if you need to ask for those wants or needs to be respected, or if you need to say no to things that don't align with your wants or needs or values. Mm -hmm. And so the DBT dear man skill is a great way to ask for something you need or say no to something that you can't do or just something you don't want to do. Um, so dear man, DBT, anybody, any of my clients who are in my DBT group um, know that DBT has like a million acronyms and they drive, it drives me anxious. There's too many acronyms. That's my one complaint. I always tell my group members, if I ever write a letter to Marsha Lenahan, who created DBT, I'm going to be like, what is up with you and acronyms? <laughs> because there's so many. So Dear Man is also an acronym. And um, if you want to reference this, um, you can Google Dear Man and it will come right up. Or maybe it's possible. No, I'm uh, going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll post. Okay. Post a sheet. Like I'll make a little sheet, and then a I'll. Reference. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna post it on the show notes, um, because, um, ain't nobody got time for that. But I will post it on our Instagram. So then, the, yes, a, a link that people can download. Um, Absolutely. In the bio, it's easier that way, for so, my own preferences. <laughs> all right, that's perfect. So well, I'm gonna just quickly walk you through what it all stands for. And Dear Man is a way to create a script. So if you literally want to practice what you're going to say in advance, you can use Dear Man to write out a script. So what I'm going to do is um, I will read each step. And maybe, Jay, would you um, demonstrate with your example of Uncle Jerry how you would do each step? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So step one, D is for describe. Describe the current situation only with the facts. So you want to tell the person with facts exactly what you're reacting to. Uncle Jerry, when you talk about my, I feel uncomfortable. So you just combine step one and two, which is fine. That's good. Oh, sorry. You're, sorry. You're, 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 you're good. I know. I was just going to say, you're just doing the most. So Jay just perfectly demonstrated E stands for express your feelings and opinions about the situation. Make sure you don't assume that the other person knows how you feel because you know what they say about assuming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, Jay beautifully expressed her feelings by saying, um, you can say it again. It makes me feel uncomfortable. No, uh, Uncle Jerry, when you late, it makes mm -hmm. perfect. So next, A stands for assert. Assert yourself by asking for what you want or saying no clearly. 
Again, don't assume that other people will figure out what you want or read between the lines. Mm -hmm. You need to be very, very specific and concise and clear about what you're asking for or saying no to. Uh, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You to not comment on my weight. Perfect. So Jay was very clear. It's non-negotiable. I need you to not comment on my weight. Perfect. So the R stands for reinforce or reward. Reinforce the person ahead of time, so to speak, by explaining the positive effects of getting what you want or what you need. If necessary, you can also clarify the negative consequences of not getting what you want or what you need. So I need you to not comment on my weight. Mm-hmm. When I do, I will remove my the comment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there you're highlighting if I don't get what I need, I can't have a relationship with you essentially, mm-hmm. right? If you keep bringing this up and I keep leaving, we're not going to have a relationship. So you're, um, that's a beautiful way to describe the negative consequences. You could probably like, I think uh, the flip side of that would be something like, you know, I would feel so much more comfortable talking with you if we could, you know, not have the conversation discuss my weight at all. Yeah, that's like a really nice way of saying that. But like, I think... (laughs) like with me I'd be like nah I'm gonna leave (laughs) yeah exactly and you can do either and it depends on the person sometimes Uncle Jerry maybe you literally have to be like bye right (laughs) right so that's the deer the man part of deer man is all about how to be in the conversation so the M stands for mindful so that means staying focused on the goal Mm -hmm. Um, You might have to speak like a broken record. Just keep saying no. We're asking for what you want over and over. Don't get sucked into any attacks, threats, attempts to change the subject or divert your attention. Just continue. So Jay would continue saying, I need you to not comment on my weight. I need you to not comment on my weight. No matter, even if Uncle Jerry's like, well, you know, when I was a kid. People were so like I was thinking, like I was thinking of like maybe, oh, I'm just teasing, and it's like yeah. nah. <laughs> nope, I need you to not comment on my weight. Exactly. So that's M. The A is for appear confident, uh, effective, and competent. Use a confident tone of voice, confident body language, make good eye contact, no whispering or staring at the floor. Do the best you can here to appear confident in what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. And then the N is for negotiate. Uh, be willing to give to get. Offer and ask for solutions to the problem. Uh, say no, but offer to do something else or solve the problem another way. Focus on what will work. I think sometimes with boundaries, like this step might be non-negotiable. Like, You know, if you are working on, like, say, recovering from an eating disorder, it's maybe non-negotiable for Uncle Mm -hmm. Jerry to not comment on your weight. And there's nothing you can give to get, right? There's no other way to solve the problem. Uncle Jerry either stops talking about it or Uncle Jerry's going to get the boot. So, you know, I think that, that sometimes that step can be challenging Especially when you're trying to be firm about something that you can't negotiate on. Yeah. And I'm wondering, so with this scenario, that perhaps I'm proposing the question of like, oh, how can we work together? Doesn't continue to happen. Yeah, that's a great way. That's really good. Good job. Thanks. It's like so, I'm a therapist or something. Right. So that's... <laughs> um, That's our quick little rundown of Dear Man. Again, that's just something that you can use um, if you are in a situation where 
um, somebody is going to be saying something or asking you to do something that you don't feel comfortable doing. Um, and I think that for me, like the last thing that feels really important to bring up when it comes to boundaries is just the fact that sometimes we have to remind people that our boundaries are not about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times when someone is setting a boundary, it can feel personal. Um, but I follow this account on Instagram. Um, it's run by uh, Brittany Cobb and the tag is um, at a black female therapist. She's incredible. Um, but she has this post um, that says, it's necessary sometimes to let people know your boundaries are not about hurting them. Uh, changing them, getting them to do what you want. Boundaries are creating space for you to exist in a way that supports the life you want to live. Yes. Boundaries are for you, not for them. And I feel like that is like the last thing that feels really important for me to say. And I love that post. And um, I definitely encourage everyone to go give her a follow. She's amazing. But um, I share that with my clients a lot because a lot of times when you are a people pleaser person, you can worry about how others are going to receive your boundaries. And yeah. sometimes you might have a tendency to choose to not set the boundary and sacrifice so you don't have to deal with the other person's reaction. So just reminding yourself that your boundaries are not for that person and they're not about that person. Right. They are for and about you and your mental health and your well-being. Exactly. That piece and also um, my um, business coach, Tiffany Rowe, um, she has a course on like communication and also like boundaries and things like that, which is amazing. Because, mm. you know, I think the biggest piece tripped up in, in is, is that we are of others' reactions to us placing those boundaries. And that's so fair. You yeah. know, that's so valid. Um, but it's important to know that it's kind of like, you know, I guess like the easiest way that I can explain it. It's like, it's like riding a bike, right? Like when you first start riding a bike, you have training wheels and then like you start doing it slowly and then you take off the training wheels and it's super awkward and it's, really and you're not sure if it, it, it's, it, it doesn't feel good because you're scared, but then the more mm. you do it, um, not only do you feel more confident, but it's almost natural, right? Like I can't even remember the last time I rode a bike. I got on one like I'd be able to do do so right yeah um so think of it that way it's like it, it's something this and order it for it natural mm-hmm. yeah and so the last thing we wanted to talk about another skill that let's say um uncle Jerry's an asshole boundaries and you know this but fortunately uncle jerry has to because he's your mom's brother and you know he's going to be there and you know he's going to make you feel some type of way and you know if you don't feel comfortable popping off on want to ruin everybody's time then it is cope ahead essentially plan ahead so you know this is and you do this while you are calm and where it's not mm-hmm. in this crisis mode because along, you know, kind of like how I just said with the boundaries, um, it takes practice. Same thing goes with coping skills, right? Like we want to bring skills in moments that are not moments of crisis or ha- intense emotions. Um, because then when we are in emotion mind, we are able to pull from our, our coping tools works for this. Um, so if you walk through the, the, the scenario, all right, Uncle Jerry might say this, and if he does, I know that it always leads to me feeling this is how I'm going to, to use grounding techniques. 
I am going to walk outside if you don't live in Maine and then it's like negative 500 degrees. Um, If it was Morgan, she would say, I'm going to take a shot of fireball. (laughs) Effective. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Fireball makes me kind of spicy. So, I mean, that's it's. Oh, no. So you take the fireball and then you'd be coming at Uncle Jerry like. Right. So that's like not effective for me. That that, that would just that would just like literally add fire. You would just Um, become like super juicy, Jay. Right. Uh, maybe I think for me, listening, like listening to music, that, that that's always like my thing. Um, yep. like, um maybe for me, someone that I trust. Uh, yeah, I was going to say finding a safe person at the party or event, if there is one, um, is something that's always been helpful for me. Like, and like for me, Um, if I go to something, say like with my husband, like he knows in advance, like, you know, he knows who the uncle Jerry's are and so, like we can have a conversation in advance where I can say like, Hey, if this person is doing this and this, like I might need to go home, you know, and, or I might need you to take a walk with me or, you know, and so if you do have the ability to like let somebody who's going to be with you know in advance, they can help you be able to take that walk or, you know, have an escape word so you know that you it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always like a thing that I've told clients, um it's like if you if you have someone there like like you're saying like your partner whoever, um choose an emoji. And like yes. when you send that emoji, it's like like no context. Like it's okay to send, and it's and when you send that emoji, it's time to go. Yeah, it's time to be done. That's a great. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, I think that um, you can also use the dear man skill that we just went over as a way to practice coping ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know that your oh goodness your mother-in-law is gonna make a comment about how messy your house is because she makes that comment every year (laughs) then you can practice you know what am I gonna say to her to let her know that it's not okay for her to comment on my parenting or the way I clean my house um and you can do that script and then you can practice saying it to yourself you could ask a friend to sit with you and practice. You can ask a therapist to do some role play with you. Um, And that's a great way to cope ahead. But like the big thing about coping ahead is like, you have to imagine the situation in your mind, like as clearly and accurately as possible. Imagine that you're in the situation. And then like, imagine yourself doing the thing over and over that you're going to do to cope. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And then make sure to do something after to calm down because a lot of times imagining yourself coping with something really stressful is going to get your body worked up. Um, and then you're going to need to um, make sure you do some grounding or relaxing techniques to make sure that you don't go out into the world worked up (laughs) I mean maybe don't practice this like on your commute to work or like (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean are you saying that like I shouldn't listen to screamo music that you can do (laughs) that you can do oh it's like my it's like anybody that knows me if that's the music I'm listening to (laughs) It's like, watch oh, out <laughs> oh boy, oh, boy. <laughs> so all those right are, those are our tips for slaying the holidays so cheesy <laughs> I was really proud of myself that I made that up yeah so, like, it's really you know and up. and now that we're and now that we're talking about that I'm I think it's so funny that yesterday I was like here's the document and then I go in in it today and it's there's there's bullet points there's bold 
there's all of these other things. Meanwhile, I was just like, basically, it was just me talking and writing. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's notes look like as if she has talked to text on her laptop. And she's just walking around her house, like listing off things she's going to want to say. And mine are like, as if I'm writing my college dissertation. And I'm Literally. Like, trying to do an outline. <laughs> like, like a good example is the first line, right? Like, so intro, not that every anyone gives a shit, but discuss slash recap our hiatus and how we have evolved since we started the podcast question mark. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a portion. And then mine is like, you know, multi-tiered levels of bullet notes with, with gold and <laughs> all kinds of other stuff. So that's why you need someone, you need a J and a Cheyenne too. <laughs> it just really works. Well, I appreciate you so, so much. And um, reminder for everyone, um, I am going to post a uh, link in our bio of our Two Loose Screws Instagram. Um, that'll have the Dear Man worksheet for you guys. Uh, you'll click it and download it and use it however you want. Also, I'll make a post on my on that Instagram also of my Fuck the Shoulds challenge. Um, and where to follow me, um, my one business, and then um, how to sign up for the free challenge where you'll get lots of psychoeducation and probably lots of videos of me acting a fool. Lots of Which, juiciness. Yeah, juiciness, exactly. It sounds beautiful. I yeah. hope that everyone until holiday. Absolutely. I hope so. I hope you avoid the Uncle Jerry in your life. Yeah. And if you don't, I hope you give them a little taste of Juicy J. Mm-hmm. And if you do meet Uncle Jerry and you use the Dear Man skill, uh, hit us up. I want to know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I hope <laughs> we're rooting I, for you. <laughs> yeah, we're so rooting for you. All right. <laughs> Also, if your name is Jerry, we're sorry. Nothing. Yeah, personal. sorry, sorry. It just it it just sounded like the name to use. And and what was the other? Susan. Oh yes. Apologize. I mean, right? it is what it is. All right. So I, don't take it personal. Don't take it personally. Our boundaries <laughs> and our names in our podcast are about us, not you. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> All right. Well, Bye. We'll talk soon. We will talk soon. Bye.